Uh, yes and no. I think the issue of standardization and interchangeability of parts is really to do with the facility and ease with which uh, production can be facilitated. In other words, you can make lots of these quickly um, and repair them very quickly, unlike clocks and watches of the same period where parts were not interchangeable. Um, but the issue of interchangeability is not really to do with the mechanization of, um, of handwriting, if you like. Mm -hmm. They're two separate issues. One was, how do you mechanize handwriting? Another question was, well, how do you make these machines very efficient to produce? I think the issue of standardization in terms of manufacture is really to do with the issue of production and supply. Which is more like, I guess, bullets and guns, isn't it? Absolutely. And the standardization in the UK, in, in, in Britain, in England, um, came actually in the 1850s uh, from America for gun manufacture. Um, a, a bolt made in London and a nut made in Manchester wouldn't necessarily fit because all the lead screws on the lathes were different. So standardization was absolutely crucial for um, manufacturing things in parallel, that you could have a number of manufacturers making parts for the same thing in yeah. different places, and they would all be compatible. And the issue of interchangeability um, in relation to um, language and QWERTY is actually, um, uh, metaphorically, is, is very profound. Um, right. Because, in fact, there must be some respect in which our cognitive apparatus is the same in order for us to be intelligible to each other. Oh, that's rather pleasing. So the, 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 as it were, microcosm, the physical version of reproducing a machine to write is reflected in the wider sense, if, if it wants to call it wider, of our own minds and the way that they interoperate with other human beings and are standardized in our, in our sort of giving and exchanging of words. The, 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 the big lesson of QWERTY to some extent is the fact it was standard, not necessarily that it was the most efficient or the most ergonomically sound, um, but that it was standard. That is to say there was an interchangeability because uh, words were typed. In other words, you can sit at any machine and actually uh, transfer your skills automatically. And the issue of standardization is one of the big lessons from the microcomputer industry. People revile Microsoft and Word and all these things because um, Apple and other things are better. Um, it, it could be argued. Um, but the main huge benefit that is missed is the fact that what Microsoft and those operating systems introduced was a standardization and a compatibility between machines. Because until that time, it was chaos. You could generate a, a text file on one machine and it would be illegible and unintelligible to any other machine. Yeah. So although it's not necessarily the most efficient way of doing it, it certainly standardization was one of the huge monstrous benefits. There's such a huge investment in human learning in acquiring the facility of doing this automatically that um, you do it on autopilot. It doesn't occupy consciousness, much like handwriting. Yes, or indeed speaking, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and so if, if someone were to come to you tomorrow and demonstrate a Dvorak or, uh, or a super Dvorak, a new kind of keyboard that was so much better, it was shown to be better for the wrists, for the no carpal tunnel syndrome, no repetitive strain injury of any kind, and huge increases in speed and fluency, a, a, a thinner membrane between the thought and the action and the, you know, the appearance of the word on the screen. Would you, would you recommend it or get behind it, or do you think it's just a fait accompli, that, that there's no question but the QWERTY will be with us so long as keyboards are? I think it's difficult to overestimate the massive investment in making the action of keying automatic. And uh, you mentioned all the beautiful advantages of that the protagonists champion in relation to the Dvorak keyboard. But uh, one of the arguments is that the physical movements are smaller and the, and, they, and the forces are different, and therefore that reduces hand strain. But because it is more efficient, and without question it is, typing speeds go up, keying speeds go up. As a result of which, the argument is that it actually increases repetitive strain injury. Is there, has anyone, is there a way of designing an empirical test that can demonstrate 
whether or not someone who has the same thing to say says it differently if they're dictating to a third party, dictating to a machine, writing with a pen or pencil, typing on a typewriter, typing on a computer uh, keyboard. Uh, has anyone seen whether there is a way of, in any way, uh, measuring that? Because you and I know the empirical... Uh, or anecdotal evidence of people saying, oh, I could never write a novel on a keyboard because it's so mechanical. Or, and you see it, people talking about virtual keyboards against uh, physical keyboards on mobile phones, for example, whether or not you're using a, a, a touchpad uh, type key, key uh, such as you'd find on an iPhone and an iPad, or whether you're using a physical one such as you'd find on a BlackBerry. People are always uh, are, are claiming that their thought and therefore their production of language is different according to the keyboard. I think what they're actually saying is where their attention is. Where is the locus of their attention? Um, I think people of, um, of a generation that saw the introduction of keying had to make the transition from handwriting to keying. Mm -hmm. And it takes about two to three years, unless you're actually actively practicing, for you to get the same degree of autopilot function on a keyboard that you do handwriting. Mm -hmm. And what people, uh, the first generation, of, many of them did, unless they were trained on typewriters, they would actually write in manuscript and then as a separate act key it, as a dumb mechanical act, yes. if you like, key it in, until that became sufficiently automatic for the attention to be freed to concentrate on the content. Mm -hmm. So whether people write differently, I think, is the case, but that's primarily, I think, because of the demands that the machine makes on your attention and how free that attention is to be expended on expression and content. In the privacy of consciousness, we can actually, what epistemologists would call, apprehend the manifold. That is to say, we hear harmonic music, we can hear multiple voices, we can apprehend them, we can perceive them, we're aware they're there and we can actually register them. Um, when we um, look at uh, a landscape or a painting, we can apprehend simultaneously multiple features, many s simultaneous features of this thing. But the moment that's in the privacy of consciousness, so we are capable of doing things in parallel, of perceiving things yeah. in parallel. The moment we need to express this publicly, for, if you like, intersubjective intelligibility, so that you can understand what I am saying. There is a necessary serialization. Words, both written and spoken, come in a sequence. Right. So, if you like, we're extruding this richness of simultaneous private consciousness through, if you like, the pinhole of language. So, we think it's like a, a whole blanket of, of feelings and cognition and thought that, that descends in our head, but we can only extrude it as a thread to someone else. Absolutely. And so they have to reassemble that thread into the blanket to get the sense of what yes. we are feeling all in one go. Yes. So the question is not, how does QWERTY compare as a communication channel to instant telepathic communication, but how good is it at actually serializing the sequence of little bits of things that we need to um, express in order to be intelligible, in order to express this in the public realm, to be intersubjective um, it, but between subjects, between people. So it seems that, it appears that, the way our, our minds work and the way our cognitive apparatus is, is, is structured is that a serialization, that that's, uh, things happening in a sequence, is necessary to communicate. So the question is, is QWERTY good at doing this? Yeah. Firstly, intersubjectively, therefore, standardization, compatibility, um, uh, the fact that all the machines are the same and the layout is the same is important there mm -hmm. uh, for the reasons we've discussed. Um, so is QWERTY effective in doing this? 
Um, and I think one would say QWERTY is hugely effective in doing this, in, yes. indeed as handwriting is. And the yeah. fact that there are more efficient keyboards is a kind of marginal improvement. You say, yes, you can increase by 30 percent, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it's still in the category of keyboards, yeah. and you're still extruding um, language through a, a pinhole, a, a minute aperture of our perceptions to try and resynthesize, if you like, the richness of what was originally there. That's brilliantly put. Professor Dorrance Wade, thank you so much.